This week, Johnson & Johnson dances the Texas two-step, Yak Access creditors organize, Cornerstone Chemical closes Louisiana facility, and Puerto Rico governor signs law targeting non-legislated bonds. Hello and welcome to the Reorg Podcast, where we bring you the latest developments in high-yield, distressed debt, and bankruptcy. I'm David Zupkis. Julian Boulan will be joining me for the Week in Review. We'll be taking a brief recess this week from our deep dive segment. We'll be back next week with more in-depth content. It's Friday, September 17th. On Monday, Johnson & Johnson responded to a group of talc plaintiffs' motion for an injunction from New Jersey State Court preventing the company from pursuing a Texas two-step Chapter 11 strategy to shed its talc liabilities. Johnson & Johnson said the relief sought by the plaintiffs was unprecedented, unsupported, and unconstitutional, and was based on rank speculation. The plaintiffs alleged that a Texas divisional merger that allocates all of the company's talc liabilities to a spinoff without sufficient assets to meet those liabilities would be avoidable as a fraudulent transfer and therefore should be enjoined before it occurs. Johnson & Johnson argued that if this were true, the plaintiffs would have a sufficient remedy at law, an action to avoid the merger, should the defendants ever actually transfer assets, citing Judge Lori Silverstein's August 26 decision denying Emeris Talc's request for a similar injunction in his Chapter 11 cases. Johnson & Johnson also argued that the company cannot be sued for considering or exploring potential future transactions, including bankruptcy, and that the tort plaintiffs cannot, quote, usurp management decision-making or restrict corporate functions because they sued defendants in unrelated personal injury cases. An ad hoc group of first lien lenders to Yak Access has organized with Aiken Gump amid rising concerns about the company's liquidity and business outlook after a disappointing second quarter, according to sources. The company's second lien lenders also have reportedly organized with Ropes and Gray. Members of the ad hoc first lien lender group include CBAM, KKR, and Soundpoint, according to sources. Voya Investment Management and Guggenheim Investment Management are the largest holders of the company's $180 million second lien term loan. Other smaller CLO holders include Alcentra, Hafen, and CIFC, according to Reorg CLO database. Sources say that lenders have become concerned about upcoming interest and amortization payments due to Yak's liquidity position, as well as a lack of clarity about the company's future cash flow and earnings trajectory. Sources also say that Yak, which supplies access mats for oil and gas companies, has been trying to diversify away from the midstream market and expand into the power markets. Although the company was optimistic about its strategy during a private call with lenders this week, some lenders remain skeptical. According to sources, the high-voltage energy transmission projects in the power market tend to be smaller, more regional, and more competitive, while projects in the midstream market often cross state lines and have fewer competitors. The closure of Cornerstone Chemicals' Wagman, Louisiana facility in the wake of Hurricane Ida complicates the outlook for the producer of acrylonitrile melamine sulfuric acid and urea, just as higher prices for some of its products were driving a rebound in EBITDA and revenue, according to sources. Cornerstone issued a press release on August 31st where it said Hurricane Nicholas crossed near its Wagman facility on Sunday, August 29th at approximately 7 p.m. Central Time where the entire complex lost external power supply due to a catastrophic failure of the Entergy power grid. The company said that it maintained key safety environmental equipment with auxiliary power, and that despite outside wind damage requiring minor repairs, there was no significant damage to Cornerstone assets. The plant remains closed, according to sources. Reorg's calls to the Wagman facility were answered by an out-of-service message. According to sources, the outage comes as Cornerstone's EBITDA and revenue were recovering, partly helped by the COVID reopening trade and stronger prices for some of its products. The sources noted that the company reported EBITDA of $25 million in the second quarter, up from $9 million the year period earlier. Revenue was $181 million, up from $78 million. 
According to sources, the larger issue for the company after operations resume could be higher costs of raw materials, even though those costs could be offset by strong demand for its products and a positive operating environment for the chemical industry in the second half. On Thursday, September 16th, Governor Pedro Pierluisi signed House Bill 959 into Act 42 of 2021, according to a posting on the Puerto Rico legislature's docket. Act 42 of 2021 repeals Act 33 of 1942, a statute that the PROMESA Oversight Board has cited in court papers as enabling the issuance of bonds without new legislation. The new law also targets Act 33 and other bond-related statutes through amendments to Act 34 of 2014, which authorized the Commonwealth's most recent general obligation bond issue of $3.5 billion. The legislature's role in budget and fiscal plan processes under PROMESA is another focus of the law, which includes amendments to the Puerto Rico Fiscal Agency and Financial Advisory Authority Charter Law codified as Act 2 of 2017, and Act 5 of 2017, or the Financial Emergency and Fiscal Responsibility Law. The stated goals of HB 959 include shoring up the legislature's constitutional prerogatives in the passage of general fund budgets and inserting the legislative branch into the process of approving fiscal plans contemplated under PROMESA. The bill also cites an aim to comply with the legislative duties of ensuring the sound administration of the democratic system of government and ensuring the well-being of the Puerto Rican citizenry. On Tuesday, Judge Laura Taylor Swain issued an opinion denying the motion filed by Governor Pierluisi and the Puerto Rico Fiscal Agency and Financial Advisory Authority requesting a stay of the Oversight Board's Act 7 adversary proceeding pertaining to the Puerto Rico legislature's pension reform legislation. In denying the motion, Judge Swain said the executive defendants have not demonstrated that a stay of this adversary proceeding is proper because staying this matter will prejudice the non-moving parties and will not serve the interest of judicial economy. Judge Swain stated that because Act 7 purports to control the government party's ability to support the plan of adjustment, which will be the subject of the confirmation hearing, the validity of Act 7 is therefore more appropriately decided before the confirmation hearing. The opinion adds that, while reforms to the public pension system may be a subject of both the adversary proceeding and the confirmation hearing, the adversary proceeding is the only proceeding in which the validity of Act 7 is directly at issue. Top red stories this week included DBMP amends funding agreement with new certainty to address court's qualms with Texas two-step strategy, Talon Energy revolver lenders working with Davis Polk, potential transfer of Susquehanna, a focus for lenders, bondholders, CWT announces recapitalization agreement with holders of over 90% of companies' outstanding debt, agreement includes $350 million in new equity capital, replacing $1.5 billion in existing debt with $625 million in new 1L debt. Board riders, up-tier lenders spar with non-participating lenders over application of Trimark to companies up-tier exchange. And now here's Jim from Houston with the week ahead. Thank you and good morning, everyone. Not a hugely hectic schedule this week unless you're involved with one of these matters. September 20th, which is Monday, IntelSat. There's an SES claims objection trial and an omnibus hearing in Grupo Aeromexico. Tuesday, September 21st, nothing of real consequence. So let's skip ahead to Wednesday, September 22nd, Akthar Admin Claims Summary Judgment Hearing. Thursday, September 23rd, there's earnings from Rite Aid and in Basic Energy, a sale hearing on the Stalking Horse Agreements, and an omnibus hearing in LATAM Airlines. And that's going to be it for the week. Thanks for listening and back to New York. Thank you again for listening to this Reorg Weekly Review. Find all our podcasts on the Reorg.com webinars and podcast page, as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Amazon. Hope your families are healthy and safe. Have a great weekend and see you next Friday.